0: On today's episode, we are talking dynasty startups, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the league settings or draft um, strategies you can do, and then a little bit of strategy as it pertains to your individual team. Uh, so we're talking about startup leagues today. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt Yo and Simon Denny. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. So, it's time. Trade scenario of the week. We're back. It's ridiculous. We're going to fight about it. We had some pretty crazy trade off this week. We don't ever week. fight. No. Well. No. No.
1: This week was not toxic at all.
0: No, it definitely wasn't. And we're going to get into all that, but we're going to start with this trade scenario that kind of just kicked things off. It kind of uh divided the group a little bit as much as much as you can. All right, Nathan, go ahead.
1: All right. Well, this trade had to do with me and Simon specifically. This is our um, our league or eighteen team that we've been talking about for a bit. And I've uh, just a little background on my team. I'm a little bit stacked at wide receiver, to say the least. Currently, my my top receivers are A.J. Brown, uh, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel and Elijah Moore. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face because it's ridiculous. Um, But basically I've got a little wiggle room when it comes to getting some uh, stronger assets at other positions where I'm weaker, like running back tight end um, and,
2: and quarterback, you're really weak everywhere else.
1: Uh, no, Your I'm team not. sucks, bro. <laughs> I literally have Eckler and Aaron Jones and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, that's so bad. All right, we don't need to go to your whole Dalton roster. Shirts Mike, Dalton Schultz and Mike is Dalton okay. Shirt. <laughs> yeah, i <laughs> do not. I, don't like I have pants. a Dalton Shirt. Um, okay, so Simon's, Simon's offer to me, which uh, was very interesting, was Darnell Mooney... And Josh Palmer, uh, note that Josh Palmer was one of our buys.
0: Yeah, so uh, actually actually not that valuable. Right, not that valuable.
1: And then he also was offering me the 2022-102. And in return, I would be sending him CD Lamb and my 2022-205. Um and yeah, I declined this trade. <laughs> so Oh, I tried for CD limp straight up. Let's too. let let's let's get a little bit more of an unbiased opinion before we hear Simon say that I'm an idiot. Let's hear from Avery here and see what he thinks I should have gotten or should not have gotten if this was fair,
0: unfair. What do you what do you think, Avery? So let's get one thing straight. Yeah, I know we have Josh Palmer as a buy, but he's actually <laughs> He's not worth a ton oh. yet. Oh, no. No, no, no. He's worth a third. Um, Maybe. We're also a little bit higher on Mooney than most. Also true. I, I'm
2: not as high as you two are now. So, <laughs> so you try to get rid of It's funny because you were we, higher yeah. on
1: them earlier than we were. Yes, because yeah, you, you, were. you guys
2: thought Mooney was some irrelevant guy, and I was like, no, I like him a lot. And then all of a sudden, you guys kind of leapfrogged over me. And so I'm, I was
1: in this. So stream, I was basically you're just of, saying that uh, you were cool before we were. <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, I I see. see. So I'm just thinking through this. Um, I mean, at the 102, with your roster makeup, you're probably drafting Brees Hall if he doesn't go one overall. So it's essentially, if if you're assuming that you're drafting Brees Hall there, then it would be Brees Hall and Josh Palmer and Darnell Moody for C.D. Lamb in a second. I don't think that's enough for C.D. Lamb. I obviously think C.D. Lamb's a Well, Obviously, Nathan doesn't either. I know you don't have a camera, but Simon is very surprised I'm saying that. I mean, C. Lim, You got to understand, these dynasty wide receivers who are that young and that talented are. I mean, it's really hard to put a price on them. Like it is really hard value wise to match them into in order to acquire them in a trade. So I'm thinking like Josh Palmer, like yeah, lots of potential. Potentially a good situation. Hasn't really done a lot yet. Mooney, he had a good year this year. Um, will he? Will he continue that? I don't know. And then and then Brees Hall and obviously. <sighs> And Brees Hall is going to be a rookie, so it's also you, you know, never know. Yeah, yeah. You, there's risk. Right. There's risk pretty much involved with each of those. I would say Darnell Mooney is the safest asset there, and if Darnell Mooney is the safest asset in a trade where you're trying to acquire CeeDee Lamb, oh, Darnell Mooney is the safest asset being sent. CeeDee. That's obviously. what. No, yeah, that's yeah, what I okay. mean. Out of yeah. the three of those, out of yeah. out of Brees Hall and Darnell Mooney and Josh Palmer, Darnell Mooney is probably the safest. And Darnell Mooney, like relatively speaking, is not necessarily a super safe investment right now like he i think he's good i would i would personally trade for him i like him he hasn't put together back-to-back years yet of just like this production that he showed us he could have last year so so when you're trying to acquire a 22 year old wide receiver in a situation where he's probably going to be um getting more targets next year because amari cooper probably not coming back to dallas dalton schultz probably not coming back to Dallas. Gallup's gone. Gallup, probably not. So, I mean... That's
1: what happens when you sign Ezekiel Elliott and AJ running back to a $90 million contract.
0: And the thing about CeeDee Lamb, too, is that... And it's not like... um, It's not like... I think CeeDee Lamb is a buy-low candidate right now. And I know you do, too, because that's where you were trying to get him. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, I think the... Yes, in the general dynasty community, he's being undervalued right now. He is, although the, I'm I'm winning that trade offer. The
1: one that you sent me, I'm yeah. winning on. Keith well, trade I cut.
2: saw someone on Twitter the other day post. They took Jalen Waddle at the two four, and Ceedee Lamb. They somehow got him at three
1: six. That's insanity. Yeah, that's C T- Higgins in our mock drafts no. is going at the
0: three. He's eight, he's being he's being under. I think he's being undervalued. And while his production, like as far as his spot in ppr these last few years hasn't been like off the charts i still think that he's he's like I, i still think it's really hard to put a price on him so i think in order for nathan to be able to part with cd lamb i think he's just got to receive a couple safer assets um value wise on paper yeah probably pretty close but but still, like, I even mean, if it were me, I wouldn't be taking that trade for that reason if that makes any sense, yeah, so what do you think Nathan?
1: yeah, i mean i obviously i I think that I don't like the trade because that's why I declined it, and again i'm I love my wide receivers, and if Ye- I do yeah. trade them. I want to get good assets for them, but I also recognize that if I'm going to get multiple players in return for that one player, they're going to be not as good. So the idea is I would be creating depth at either a different position, making a one for one move um, with like a running back that's valued around the same as CD, like a Joe Mixon type thing. Um, but CD Lamb, uh, for me, I, I just didn't want to take Josh Palmer, who really, even though he's a buy for me, is not a safe depth option Mooney as much as I like Mooney is not a safe depth option. There's a lot of question marks there. Um, I'm, I'm looking more for uh, a type of offer where I'm getting a more guaranteed wide receiver, two sort of range like it like an area where like a Michael Pittman sure and this is this kind of leads into the second trade that we were going to eventually talk about wait but hang on can I just yeah go ahead
2: Avery do you remember when we did our rankings for wide receivers yeah and Nathan had Darnell Mooney as his wide receiver 12 in dynasty yes you did that was that, right I was out of the blue did I yeah yeah I was stunned. I think I would have. It was a long time <laughs> I, ago. I'm not even
0: close.
1: to Yeah, that. I don't know. That so was and that was a while ago funny. too. That was a while ago. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I think and I think he was hotter then. Like I think he's lost some value in the in the right. last month or two. Uh, but, but yeah, I, don't I do remember, remember that. That, that is kind of funny. How do you remember
1: that? Yeah, I did. I him as I had him
0: as my 12. Simon's keeping those because I saved it.
1: That was a that was like in season when Mooney was at his hottest.
2: Yeah, he'd gotten like 16 he
1: targets two a, games in a row or yeah, something crazy. It, actually, I think it was yeah, when we were watching him play uh, we were. the Steelers. Yeah, he, the oh, Bears we were playing, that, so. and Mooney
0: was playing fairly well. Yeah,
2: uh, That was the Vikings game, wasn't it? Where he had, he had his knee down in the end zone, and they didn't call it a yeah. touchdown. I think they were oh, playing the Vikings. I, lost, that was when I they, lost
0: a game because of that. That was when they won. Well, no, they lost, but Justin Fields threw that touchdown at the very end and got, and, me, it got me points. Yeah, yeah, That was fun. All right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So we did, Nathan did have another couple of CD Lamb conversations with me, actually, because I was thinking maybe I'll buy CD Lamb. So I wanted to talk a little bit with uh, him about that. So, Nathan? Yeah. So we, he,
1: a- uh, Avery started looking into buying CD Lamb for me. And this actually ended up turning into him trying to get AJ Brown. Uh, which i also have because, and yeah he said he was more likely to trade aj brown right because of uh like simon was talking about last week uh aj brown is a little bit more injury prone and i just don't love him as much as i love cd even though technically he's valued more than cd yeah. is right now so i'm like if
0: you're going to sell the h- higher value player for less then i'll make a run at him right i mean
1: right and the the type of the the type of value that I was looking for in A.J. Brown is kind of similar to what I was looking for in C.D. Lamb, and that is more involving Michael Pittman. And here here's the trade that almost went down, and it was uh, Michael Pittman and Joe Mixon, which is what I would have received. So two pretty good players. Yeah, and Avery was going to get A.J. Brown. Remind me who else.
0: Uh depends on which offer you're talking about.
1: You're, you're gonna get AJ Brown oh yeah, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, and Naheem Hines. So Naheem Hines being kind of a compensatory just yeah, that was it. for losing Joe Mixon, and then I'm also giving up Michael Thomas, who obviously had
0: Simon's got a look
1: multiple incredible. So again, Wait,
0: it's Michael Michael Pittman, Joe Mixon for AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, and Naheem Hines. Go ahead. Did you turn this down, Avery? Yes. I actually I never offered it. And and I'll tell he you why I had a
1: really hard time accepting I'll t- it and I'll t- sat on I'll t- it t- people to t- me. I'll,
0: t- I'll tell you why. And we're not we're not done yet. I'm still sitting on it technically. I told him I was going to sit on it for a while. I have asked quite a few people um, outside of you guys cuz I kind of want to get out of our social circle a little bit and ask some other people that know things about <laughs> Dynasty Ooh, Football networking. And ev- every single one of them said that they would take the mix and pitman side. You, you, so, you, so you've it got remember
1: me, it made me second guess you've got to remember with Michael Pittman I, I, like I know Pittman. Th- this is us as Colts fans bias aside with Michael Pittman I don't like him I you don't well that's the thing is I, I feel like all of us are starting to undervalue him a bit including myself because he didn't end hot
0: well and i'm not doing that and because, yet he's
1: which is why i'm fine an keeping, incredible receiver you know? avery kind of reminded me of that i was really really reluctant to do anything with Pittman, and then i thought about it again and i was like this guy is i mean insane Pittman's like he's pitman's
0: year one to year two jump was astounding
1: incredible. so if he
0: improves even and he's still some 24 years old year, like if he improves some in his year three jump which typically wide receivers do improve some if he improves some he in, is in he is a top three. 12 receiver if he improves some he's got a lot of potential Carson Wentz didn't have a ton of trouble getting him the ball Michael Pittman
1: was doing the work for Carson Wentz yeah and this is this is going into an entire season of them having never really practiced together w- because Wentz was out hurt yeah the entire
0: offseason yeah which, so. which is why you know if I'm trying to offer Pittman in a trade because I just have a lot of receivers kind of in that range right now something when I want to move one uh, I don't want to get emotionally attached to Pittman since I'm a Colts fan, so I'm thinking he might be the best option to move. So I'm thinking about that and people are saying, oh yeah, Pittman sucks. Well, actually he doesn't. So if that's the case, then I'll ride Pittman out because I believe in him enough to where I think he's going to be quite a good asset, a solid high end wide receiver to maybe a low end wide receiver one i think he has that ceiling for sure so if people are gonna undervalue Pittman, i'm willing to write him out i'm not dying to trade him i'm definitely not dying to trade him if people aren't going to give me face value for him because you have price and you have value and if people don't think the value is matching the price then they're not going to make a move and so obviously with pitman if there's disconnect there i'll hold on to pitman because i actually think he's got a lot of promise and a lot of potential so no i am thinking through that trade um on my side you know AJ Brown, obviously an amazing prospect, but we talked about him last week. You had him as a sell. He's injury prone, um, but he's just, he is a, a generational talent. He's extremely good. He's dang near quarterback proof. I kind of argued on that. I like AJ Brown. As far as Michael Thomas goes, when Thomas is healthy, he has, he I mean, his ceiling is ridiculous. I mean, we know it. It was only two years yeah. ago. It was and, only two years ago. He's the best receiver. And in the this league. was
1: him being the best receiver in the league with a declining legendary quarterback in Drew yes, Reeves, yes. who
0: couldn't throw more than 10 yards so but so he has his potential is crazy he does have a lot of question marks still
1: he also ghosted the saints so yeah. his character is in question which really can result in yeah not yeah. a lot of character uh, and so which
0: team would want to bring him on and does he go to a good situation because he's obviously not coming back to the saints and and then naheem hines like is really uh almost negligible almost a, little,
1: a throw in it's just, just a throw in i just needed something else yes
0: for for a depth thing like if i ever got into a situation so right. um, and i did start him this year it's at some points and he did well, okay. yeah i'm telling you what maybe second guess has got a lot of second opinions and and all of them said they'd take the mix and Pittman side so i'm like maybe i'm not maybe i'm not valuing this this right so I don't know. I think Mixon is a little bit I mean, I've heard people say Mixon is overrated. I actually think he's a little bit underrated. I think he, I think for what he produces, like I know and I know people have kind of been down on Mixon over the years and I've been I, one of those I people. I yeah. know. But I mean, honestly, I'll keep Mixon too because Mixon killed it for me this year. I mean, he had I think the most games right. over 20 points of any running back this year. So, and was fairly consistent in the games he didn't score over 20 points. So, I think Mixon's worth a little bit more than than what maybe his price is showing, and so for that, that's not really lining up for me. Like I expect a higher price because I'm valuing him higher, and if you know other people aren't going to willing to pay that price because they don't see that value, then then right. that's just how it and is.
1: And the the trade scenario we we pr- proposed um, is almost dead even. Yeah. So it, it was it was a good trade for both sides,
0: according yeah. to keep trade cut. Yeah.
1: And both of us were obviously giving up some pretty major assets. So
0: Yeah, it was interesting yeah. um, for sure. Yeah, so
1: that is still all that to say that trade is still in the works, and we may update you guys on uh, something big that may be happen interesting. in the future. I will we say may look into three-way trades with that. Um,
0: and, and, and the other thing, obviously, f- for me that I was telling Nathan before is with my roster, like if I traded Joe Mixon, I would need another running back bad. So I would have to flip some players because I would have a ton of receivers I'd, if I got AJ Brown and Michael Thomas, then I've got a ton of receivers. like I would need to flip for a running back. Maybe it's a young guy um, because I'm a contender in this league. I've got a, my starting lineup is stacked. My depth uh, could use a little bit of work, but it's not bad. So if I have a healthy season, then I've got a good shot. And if I trade Mixon, then I've got to I've got to fill that hole, and I've got to flip somebody to do it. And it's kind of hard to trade in that league, so I'm worried about how I would be able to flip him, if that makes sense. No, I understand. Sorry, I uh, I went silent there for a second.
2: I was looking through Mixon's oh numbers. Oh my gosh, everything.
1: Simon stops talking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whoa. I I do tend to talk a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, looking through Pittman, Mixon, both of those players. Man, they they have some high highs and some low lows. So I do so think I have Brown. a problem. AJ oh, I know
1: as he doesn't play. Yeah, we, we just <laughs> talked about this last week.
2: I feel like personally, as a as a dynasty player and as a fantasy football player myself, I need to get better at embracing those. Fluctuations in, in scoring because,
0: because most dynasty right. players have those. The, yeah. Every
1: Not, player has fluctuations. Yes. The, the greatest of all time have fluctuations. Not everyone is Devontae. Henning. Adams.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right. The consistent right. players are you know typically those are the veterans. Those are the guys mm-hmm. who they've, they they right. know their role so well and they know themselves so well that they have just found right. where every week they're consistently giving you and you know what they're going to give you and and at that point that's where they're consistent. Y- so yeah, with the young guys you too, have to kind of embrace the inconsistency with the young
1: guys, right? But also. Once those players are that consistent again, they're at that age where they are at the peak of their prime, and y- you know, in a year or two, they're on the downslope, and then they're going to be n- negligible in value. So, I it's it's a it's a downside right. uh, either way for any yeah, player. I agree. And it's just you
0: know. Yeah, we'll update you on this. Yeah. All right. Let's get into today's topic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Excited. So, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to talk. Dynasty Startup Drafts, and we're going to talk about this because strategy. we started a league. What to do. We started a league. Yes, we started we our did. own league. Yeah, a Dynasty Domain League. So actually, the podcast officially has its first dynasty league and let me just tell you we're, we're actually still in the process of drafting as we're recording this uh but we're late enough now to where we can we're going to be able to kind of look at our strategies and, and examine them it's been a lot of fun
1: yeah, yeah. And, and how long did it take for the room to fill up because it was first One, come first serve right yeah.
0: yeah i think it took 30 minutes 30 yeah. minutes that's pretty nice that's and pretty good for your first, for our first you know, we just
2: sent it out on twitter and discord and
0: yeah right. I mean, but yeah. I, I will say that everywhere I looked f- for a league to join like a couple days ago, couldn't find anything because yeah. they all filled it up so quickly. Yeah. So I kind of figured that would happen. So we had a lot of people jump in, uh, which is great. And it's kind of hard to get some, to know people. And, uh, the chat of the sleeper app.
1: It's been the most active chat but I've it's ever been, kind been a part of. Fun. of. It's yeah. been a blast. And um, also, all the guys that we're playing with think that Avery, Simon, and I are all the same person.
0: Yeah, this will prove uh, them wrong.
1: And this, this Unless will prove them wrong. Ventriloquists. If, if ventriloquists.
2: <laughs> That's impressive to have three voices at the same time all yelling uh, over
1: each uh, other yeah.
0: and calling each other stupid. Yeah. I know. It, it would be impressive. Yeah, but you guys are stupid. It's because we have the same profile picture. But, anyways, um, <laughs> that, I did have that first, by the way.
1: Dynasty domain unity
0: yeah yeah it's our logo at least we're at least we're you know you're in our domain we're on board with yeah you deal with it yeah so um needless to say we've had fun drafting everybody has been super cool and actually pretty funny and yeah they like hearing us are you and i'm like oh if you like that you should listen to the podcast because we (laughs) all the time (laughs) it's an hour straight it's literally an hour you're like yeah that gets obnoxious after a while but uh seems like we're in a a good league with really good active players so we're really excited to tell you how this startup draft has gone down so far oh can i say one thing go ahead uh josh allen went one one
1: i know i have i have no problem with that actually i I thought i had the one one and i almost considered taking josh allen that that literally that has nothing to do with who is the better yeah quarterback I think I in the josh game in, oh, fantasy football, in fantasy football in fantasy football i have no problem he's, t- he's not better John. what well uh, can we please stop do an it? episode
2: no. eventually on josh allen versus patrick mahomes uh, maybe that just, sounds <sighs> it's
1: so cringy yeah yeah maybe but
0: why would we even need to talk about it yeah
1: okay so <clears throat> let's Let's just dive into some of the different strategies that we noticed and that we saw um, I guess startup wise uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, I don't think we need to explain really in detail like how how dynasty works or you wouldn't really be listening to this so you guys you guys have an idea. Uh, of what we're talking about when we're talking about some of the different strategies that people have, but to kind of give you a, a, a layout of how we started this basically we're doing a we're doing a startup draft right now um, that is before the rookie draft and you as a as a pick in the startup draft, you can you can draft a picker, and that's or, or you can, you <laughs> well, can hey, draft that's a, that's a good a, term you can draft a kicker. I know it actually is because the kicker represents a pick a, a picker. Pick. Yeah, yeah, a lot and, of people do this. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a pretty common uh, way of doing a startup league in dynasty. So basically if you draft the first kicker you get the one oh one. If you draft the second kicker you draft the one oh two in the rookie draft and so on and so forth. So that's how we were doing it and uh, just to give you an idea of when those first like first round picks were going, it was in the fifth round.
0: Yeah. Which is gonna, pretty wild. And we're, we're gonna get into that.
2: With the one oh one win at the three six. Which is
0: that's pretty normal. That's oh my my bad the three six you're right. That's pretty normal but We'll talk about, no, it. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're what we're, we're going to do. So, yeah, obviously, now you know how we're drafting. You know the strategy. It's a 12-team league, which, like I said, on this podcast, typically talking about 12-team leagues. we got 12 people here. Um, lots of different strategies by some of these guys um, in the draft. So we're going to talk about a couple of them. But we're going to start um, with just a couple of overview notes that um, I thought were interesting here. The first one was that Josh Allen went number one. Um, and then it was Patrick Mahomes, and then Nathan. You took Jonathan Taylor at number three. So obviously, some people are interchanging those guys, um, one, two, and three. I think, I think it's hard to go wrong with one of them. Um, I think in a super flex league you probably lean quarterback there. Um, so that's kind of what happened. But Jonathan Taylor has so much upside and so much production, and he's so special. Like, and obviously we love him because right. He's I our I
1: could not take him. Yeah,
0: so that's a good pick. Um, and then yeah uh, the picks are interesting but we'll actually get into those because one of our draft strategies um, revolved around those um yeah so let's start with you nathan so i kind of want to just walk through your draft pick by pick for the first you know 10 or 12 rounds just so we can see how the how the meat of your team has has shaped out okay. and what your draft strategy was like okay. so let's talk about what we just kind of mentioned your first pick was jonathan taylor so what are you thinking there
1: um, I, I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor is generational talent and everyone's seen it. Uh, the whole country knows his name now and he got snubbed MVP and offensive player of the year. No disrespect to Cooper Cup but oh boy uh, Jonathan Taylor is is a cheat code of a running back in dynasty um, after Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes he's he's a must take uh, he's going 101 in startups all over the place. Um I'm I'm even taking him over Justin Herbert just because that's what I decided to do because I think there's even a massive drop in fantasy production from Justin Herbert to Mahomes now and I'm not gonna take the second tier. I'm gonna take the first tier running back instead. So that that was pretty self explanatory, pretty easy for me. Um second round I'm going Debo Samuel uh Really, nothing tough there. And then it gets a little uh, wild in round three. And I decided to trade back because uh, this is around the time where guys like Eckler are going, uh, your developmental guys that are promising but you don't really know, guys like Akers. um, And then you've got your... Lower tier quarterbacks, Russ, Stafford going. So I I wanted to trade back to see uh, some later assets that I could get to get some eventual depth. So I uh, traded back, and the guy in my place took Jalen Hurts, which I did not think was a very great pick. Round four, um, I'm going Hawkinson. uh, Diggs again, I trade back, um, and I get Elijah Moore and the 104 in that round for trading back one spot. Um, it's a crime. That is a crime. Uh, the next two rounds in the six and seven, I take Derek Carr and Carson Wentz as my core quarterbacks, um, which is which is okay. I love Derek Carr. Wentz is a massive question mark, but I'm I'm fine with that in a twelve team league. Uh, then I go Claypool. Aaron Jones somehow fl- slips to the nine three. Uh, no one really wanted to take him, so I just I just had to take him. Uh, then I go Beckham and then i go pollard in the 11th and then i take the uh 205 206 something like that and later in the 11th as a result of me trading back along with gabriel davis in round 11 so i got three three guys in round 11 and three guys in round five uh because of my trade back moves that i did Uh, so i I was pretty happy with
0: all of that so looking at nathan's roster um out of the three of us, he's probably the closest to a contender I think you're going to get this year, and we're going to get into that. But Nathan probably had the most traditional draft strategy um, out of the three of us because he went very traditional. He didn't trade back a whole lot, um, which he decided to keep a lot of his picks he traded back a couple times which you know in a, in a draft like this if you can trade your your picks a lot of people like to trade up a lot or trade back a lot he kind of found a middle of the road traded back i think um, just twice he traded or really he, he he erred more on the side of not trading back at all so he ended up uh with you know uh Wince and Carr uh in his starting lineup as his quarterbacks which um those are he he kind of punted the quarterback position until more the uh sixth round and the seventh round and picked those um middle of the road quarterbacks because he got some, wanted to get some top talent elsewhere. So he's got the top running back, uh, Debo Samuel, uh and then Aaron Jones also at running back. Well and yeah, I think it's funny though that you went the top running back, comma, Debo Samuel. Because well, Debo Samuel's a great running back. Well I obviously meant Jonathan. Yeah I, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 And the receivers, uh, Debo Samuel, Elijah Moore, Claypool, um, Elijah Moore and Claypool, obviously, you know, those guys got to develop a little bit. Claypool's got to bounce back. Elijah Moore is young, uh, but there's a lot of potential there. Uh- his tight end, Hawkinson, which obviously is like going to be a elite-level tight end for a while. And he's got Schultz in there as well. Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't even note that I got
0: Dalton Schultz. I, yeah. yeah. Which will be interesting to see where he goes. And then, um, and then Odell that. Beckham and then some other guys like Melvin Gordon, Tyler Boyd, that you could probably throw in that starting lineup as well. It's probably the closest to a contender we're going to get uh, out of the three of us. Um, so I'm going to kind of move on to my strategy and – uh, how I drafted. And then after we're done, you know, going through our teams, we're going to kind of talk about some of the other teams and then um, some of the strategy we used and what, what we liked about them, what hasn't worked. Um, so my draft was pretty interesting. So I ended up at the one Oh six, which I feel like, you know, in my startups, I feel like I'm always drafting at the one Oh six right now, which is kind of annoying uh, cause I want to mix it up. Uh, but by the time it had gotten to me and this is kind of an interesting spot to choose because the first port four picks in uh, in startup leagues are right now, typically Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Herbert in some order, right? Unless somebody's super high on a prospect. But then when you get to that fifth spot, um, that's a wild card because if you're looking at ADP, that's usually Kyler Murray, usually. Uh, and then after that, it's typically Lamar Jackson. And then you have the top tier receivers. So, uh, the guy at five, Jay Wooten, um, he took Jamar Chase.
1: I I couldn't believe that. You uh, had to be rejoicing, right? That you got Justin I, I Jefferson.
0: I don't know. I was thinking about taking Chase. Really? I was kind of split on it. So it kind of made my decision wow. for me. See, uh, I think between the three of us, we're split. I mean, I guess
1: cool Joe, so. I know.
0: I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow. That's just exactly. Exactly. that's the thing. Justin Jefferson, I think, is the better receiver. Ooh. Well, right. here's the thing really? with Justin Jefferson. It's He's doing it with Kirk Cousins. I, I don't. I
2: don't know. why.
1: is 31 years old, so it's Justin Jefferson and then who? Jamar Chase. It's Jamar Chase and then Higgins and then Boyd. And by it, the way, oh, by the way, Mixon makes a lot of catches too because poor Burrow gets pressured. Actually, the Mix, heck. Mixon doesn't make a Mixon's ton of catch on PPR. catches. Yeah, does he not? No. no. Um, sorry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. But. Uh, that I was think a mess up by me then. But
2: I think what I'm trying to say, though, is I don't really care to to argue with anyone who's better between Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. They're both tier one wide receivers. It's yeah. not
1: the worst thing Who I've ever want? seen. No, no it's no, not it's, like drafting Jalen Hurts. I don't, I don't, it, no, I don't care. Mean, so
0: what, you would, you would take Jefferson there? Yeah. And then so if if Jefferson would have gotten taken, then you would expect me to probably take Jamar Chase
2: yeah okay well, Nathan thinks there's a right answer between the two of them I think it's so so I don't think I it was answer. I don't think it
0: was that bad no. uh, so i and I kind of was hoping jamar chase would fall to me because. But at the same time, I was kind of split because I don't have Justin Jefferson in the league yet. And I'm like, I think I want to kind of build a team around Justin Jefferson. So he took Jamar Chase, and I got Justin Jefferson. I'm actually pretty pleased with that at the, yeah, at the one like 6 it. I'm hoping, you know. I love it. Yeah, I love your next pick. J. J Jeff's awesome. Yeah, and so then the next pick is – these are, these. are it's a really interesting spot to be in 1-6 because, you know, obviously that five spot is always a wild card. But then um, going after the 1-6 and then going all the way to the end of the first and then the start of the second and then back – that there's really some room for for judgment there on who you're going to take so the guys who ended up going obviously Lamar and Kyler ended up going Najee and Swift ended up going uh Joe Burrow uh guys like Javante Williams went at the f- end of the first round and Dak Prescott Kyle Pitts which is some some who's just he's getting drafted so high in these in these leagues right now he went at the 2-2 so you know obviously if Pitts makes it back to me at the 2-7 I'm I'm Probably thinking about taking Pitts, but he's just starting to go so much earlier now. Um, Trey Lance went at the two three in our league, which I didn't see coming. He goes. I see him go high in a lot of mock drafts, but usually those that's mock drafts with groups of people that are really high on. Ironic, Trey Lance. too,
1: because we just had him as a sell. Yeah, because I that is like how it. highly people are valuing. Trey I don't know Lance if right I would have taken Trey Lance at the two seven. Someone drafted Trey Lance ahead of Trevor Lawrence, who is what you got in the second so round. So that's where we're that is a steal to me. That. <clears throat> To me, there is a right and wrong answer between who you should draft first and it's Trevor Lawrence for me. That is yeah. the
0: right answer. I'm thinking so too. And so I, the, I only guy, the, the only uh, other guy that was maybe thinking of what I would hope like make it back to me was Jalen Waddle. Yep. Oh my. I love, love, love me some Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle win at the 2-5, so two picks before me. And then the next guy took CMC, which in the second round at the 2-6, I actually don't hate that value-wise. You, obviously, you know when CMC's healthy, he's very, very good and has potential to be extremely good fantasy player. So then it got to me, and here are the guys I'm looking at. I'm looking at tr- deciding between Trevor Lawrence, Mark Andrews, Tyreek Hill, Debo, A.J. Brown, Antonio Gibson. Those are probably, Cooper Cup. those are probably the only guys I'm actually l- legit considering. And, you know, I'm just thinking through this, and I'm like, <sighs> first of all, I think Trevor Lawrence will be his ADP will be in the first round in startup drafts next year. I think he'll have a good enough bounce back season this year. To Except where they
1: did just hire Doug Peterson, which I think was the worst hire.
0: Yeah, I in still, the but, NFL. but obviously <laughs> I, that's still better than Urban though. Valid. Anything's an upgrade. Yeah. Right. And if he they, was the it, best. In even the NFL just imagine if if somebody like uh, Allen Robinson goes to Jacksonville. I mean, he, even I've just heard heard the even, return, just give him, even just give him another
1: it, weapon. Yeah, I did hear that yesterday actually, and I was like, "Oh, that'd that's, be the dynasty
0: take, wasn't it?"
1: It may have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so you know. I think the only guy I really, really considered here, the only two guys, A.J. Brown and Mark Andrews, and I, I was considering taking either of them. Like, Do I get Mark Andrews, who was the tight end one last year, or do I get A.J. Brown, who is the pretty clear wide receiver three and have two of the top three wide receivers? Uh, I just couldn't pass up Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, I think, he, although he didn't have the best year, I'm thinking I can have Justin Jefferson and Trevor Lawrence for like 10 years in this league assuming it goes that long. Like, these are guys who are going to be top tier at their position for the next eight to ten years at least, barring, you know, injury or any unforeseen circumstances or anything like that. It was just too good of an opportunity to pass up, and I liked the idea of building a team around Justin Jefferson and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, So I took Lawrence, and then obviously um, moving on, I got around to the third round, and this is where my strategy kind of took a turn from you guys because, um, yeah, this was... This was wild. I, it was fun to watch. It was very it, fun. I to got see here and tendencies. And so, if you're not familiar with where these picks are going, these the rookie picks, these kickers actually have a little bit more. Um, they they have a little bit more value because there's flexibility involved because you're not picking the actual prospect. You're picking a pick, and so you can draft the pick, and then you still have the flexibility to pick whatever player you want. Come rookie draft, some leagues actually are drafting the rookies. Uh, before they get put on their teams so this allows for a little bit more flexibility so i took the 1-1 one, one here for this year obviously a weaker draft class but um i i decided you know what i've got two young guys the 1-1 one, one is here and it's going usually at the turn of the second like into the third and so it got to me and i'm like i don't really think i can pass this up uh made a trade out of the fourth and got um, a fifth and then i think a tenth so uh, i traded out of the fourth and didn't make a fourth round pick and then i got to the one I traded for which was the 5-5 and I had 5-5 and 5-6 because the guy traded I had uh, back-to-back picks and no other rookie picks had gone in two two rounds two full rounds so you have Elijah Moore was taken before the 1-2 Diggs Josh Jacobs was taken before the 1-2 oh my Kamara I would go Elijah Moore before the 1-2 you did (laughs) go Elijah it was you that you picked yeah
1: So I That's, to, I, that's so, me and my biased opinion on so, Elijah And so Moore,
0: I, when I went through and looked at the values for who was available, the 1-2 and the 1-3 were way more valuable than anybody left. Because after this, it was Devonta Smith, David Montgomery, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, uh, some free agents with some potential, and some young guys. So back-to-back, to back, I took the one oh two and the one oh three. So... My first five picks were Justin Jefferson and Trevor Lawrence, two two developmental guys, and then the first three picks, I got the first three picks in this year's draft. And I got two of the the, the two and the three in the fifth round. I was shocked they made it to me. I literally could not believe it. And um I, I I don't know. What do you guys think about what do you guys think about where I got these picks? I mean,
1: people were saying that you were doing it too early, uh Simon being one of them. What? You you thought he took the one one too early. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: because of the 1-1 over, I mean, you look at the guys there, Russell Wilson was, I mean, you were in a super flex format, right. like Russell Wilson, JK, J.K. Dobbins, I don't know. No, I, I understand it comes with a lot of value. In my head, though, there's the, do I want the 1-1, or do I want someone who's already proven themselves? And and I, I really think it's down it comes down to how you want to play. I don't think it was wrong. I would not have however, if it would have gotten to me at the three eleven, which is where I was, I think I would have So who would you have taken there?
0: I, I think I would have taken Russ.
1: Anyone that went around there. I mean so I, would so have so done Russ, so yeah.
0: I looking I mean on Keep Dread Cut, the one one has a lot more value than Russ. So if I'm trading the the 101, 101, then I can get Russ Plus. The
1: 101 every single year always is insane value at the closer you get to the draft. Well, it's not worth as much like in season and stuff, right? The but price goes up. So yeah, much. I, I don't think, again, I don't think you were wrong in doing this. I do find it. I just found it interesting the way it went out though, because no one even had draft picks on their mind. And even when they took the, even when you took the one oh one, there wasn't a draft pick rush. People didn't buy no. them or anything. So you just kept taking them and everyone was like, Oh crap. So I took the one Oh four and there was still silence for almost an entire snake back around until someone other than you and me actually took a first round draft. I pick. could have
0: taken the 105. Yeah, I could have taken them. I took amon Ross yeah. and Brown. And,
1: and just, that's that's just where I think to mix it up. that's where I think you got it right. If you're going to take the 101 so early, then I would argue that you should do what you did and take a lot more first round picks so that the value so that you own all the value and then people are going to underpay or people are going to overpay. They're going to give you a player that's worth way more than a first round pick. But I've seen this so many times going into the draft. Like in during the rookie draft, people get so excited about players and they're like, I need this pick. I need this pick. I need this pick. I'll give you this semi young running back that in general is worth at least two first round picks. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, <laughs> you, because you're you're essentially like if you're getting the the 103 and you're trading away the 103, you got that 103 in the fifth round. You're not getting Cam Akers in the fifth round. You're not getting Austin Eckler in the fifth round. You're not getting. Um, uh, the other receivers you're not getting t higgins in the in the fifth round guys like those and those are going to be the types of guys that people i could anticipate oh, yeah. offering you
0: because they're going to get so excited about that draft capital it's interesting that you think i took the 101 early where do you think that should go value wise I, I don't know in my mind because i've a lot, i've watched a ton right watch you and they
1: went early than, than and, 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 and again, think,
0: i've never seen it fall that far
1: yeah but i think a lot of I think a lot of the value in a in a draft with draft picks like this also has to do with the tendencies of the people that you're playing with or or that you're drafting with well, yeah, absolutely so if no one's going for a little while, then kind of just wait and if you're me I don't love twenty twenty two so I hardly took any. I just took two <laughs> draft picks okay
2: here's the thing but let me let me just speak into that real quick. Nathan is bullish on how much. He dislikes yeah. 2020, but I did he take. I did take the
1: 104. You did. Yeah. I that's, don't think there's no talent. That's our, that's <laughs> a lie. In our discussions, there's, there is not no he, talent. He wants nothing to do with any it's prospect. I want. Let, let me rephrase it this way. I'm not high on 2022 because 2023 is ridiculous.
0: Yes, it's better. But I will do everything within still my power to
1: get 23.
0: No. I, and I'm not super high in 2022 either. But but think of this from an investment standpoint.
1: You're, yes, L- I listen, understand that. I, I,
0: yeah. I did. I put it all... I, I checked the values of everybody around the 101 and the 101. Not only yep. did the 101 already outvalue the other players around it, but think about it this way. The 101 is not at its peak value yet. It's going to appreciate right. as the closer we get to the draft. The players who are not playing are not going to appreciate they're probably going to depreciate these guys are most of these guys that are going here in the third round where I took the one o one are not free agents, so these guys that I could potentially target they're they're not going to appreciate like the one o one is so not only is it going to go up in value but if I'm looking at the one o one for Russell Wilson and a trade right now. I would get Russell Wilson and something else for the one on one. Okay, what
1: about yeah this? Yep, that's yeah, and that's. And so why would I why would I, I, would I would do saying. that? No, that, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I didn't have a problem um, with the way you did it because you got that many picks. Long so.
2: term, though, would you rather have J.K. Dobbins, who goes four four picks later? Let's see. Yeah, three picks later. I I think I can in get the long J- run, I can get I J.K. Would, with the one one. Yeah, exactly. So, so so that's what I, I might I do. Right. Yeah and, and that's
1: then. that's the thing with these picks is it, it's funny because the second a pick becomes a player they don't become worth as much because a pick is technically you're you're free to get whoever you want. It almost is like a collection of the value of multiple players yeah, that are going in the rookie draft because those are who you can choose. And that makes for some people excellent like the trade freedom battle. of choosing in america and uh, that's that's why their value is so insane so again like i I liked what you said about getting russ and someone else because russ went right after you took the 101 you can get russ and someone else with the 101
0: yeah so i'm not drafting based on okay what's this player going to do for my team this year i'm drafting based on who has the most value and how can i use this to build my roster because yeah. I, because because believe it or not like if i'm drafting the 102 through the 103 i have all three of the first picks i'm not building my roster right now
2: i like the way you went about it you have a lot you were picking even later we we'd text on a group chat and whatever and um you were picking a lot of players just based on all right i can turn and trade this person later when they do this or when they do that and and i liked it you did a lot of things just not even worrying about the player as an individual or the pick, it's like, well, I'll just see how it turns out. I think I can flip this person for more value later.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna and we're gonna talk about this strategy too that that I kind of used in this. Um, obviously, you can really screw this up if you don't make the right moves with some of these players. Oh, it could be so, bad. So, so I'm obviously I'm trusting my ability to be able to move some of these pieces around to construct a team that's gonna be good in this league for a long time. That being said. You know, that's not going to come right away. But if, it, if, it, if I do it right, it will pay huge dividends. So it will be interesting to see. Obviously, with that being said, since I took uh, the first three picks in the first five rounds, uh, the rest of my team is more um, more or less uh, depth, devel- developmental in depth. Yeah. Um, so um, running backs like Miles Sanders is probably my running back one right now. So do I draft <laughs> Brees Hall or do I trade like a top three pick for a running back? Because I can do that. Yeah, you can. Uh, and then Ramondre Stevenson. I got Amon Rossi Brown Brown. Like I mentioned I got Brandon I Ayuk in the 8th round I, I got Brandon I, I'm actually thrilled a snag. with that
1: that was nice I'm thrilled I got that that was very
0: nice uh, and Pat Fryermuth I also got in the 8th round so I ended up getting a good starting tight end and then um, some free agent guys that I like like Michael Gallup and Alan Robinson who I think from a value perspective are going to go up here in a couple months yes, they will and then I'll be able to flip them I don't probably need both of those players so I don't I we'll see what I do with that. I i couldn't snag a QB for a while. I ended up with Davis Mills, so uh he might be a guy I flip, he might be a guy I ride out, and then he's got a lot of potential, he's obviously young. Um and then depth guys like Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, uh Khalil Herbert, Corey Davis, Tyler Higbee, um, and then also two seconds. So I've got five picks in this year's draft. What I do with those is is to be seen, but that's gonna that that's gonna determine how my team ends up. Is, is how, how I use the assets that I have to make moves to build my team. This could end up really well. It could end up bad. But like I said, I trust my ability to do it. And you know, from a value perspective, I think I picked the highest value available as I went through the draft. So that's kind of I I traded back three times in this draft. Um, I made sure I was clearly or fairly clearly winning the deal on most of them. Um, And ended up getting some good depth players to put behind my developmental players and my picks. So um, obviously my team is not a win now team. I, it's this is technically a productive struggle. I didn't necessarily want to do a productive struggle, but it, since the picks fell that low, it I, I felt like it was the right thing to do from a value perspective.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought you did a good job. So yeah, really of of the three of us, I'm the most win now. Yeah. Ab- Simon ab- absolutely. Won. Simon took a different route. Simon has a different picks. Directly. Yeah. He did Man. a different type of. Trade So
0: if you don't know, I mean, if you don't know about productive struggle, which most people listening to this do, and the guys drafting with us obviously knew about productive struggle and what it was, uh, you typically use productive struggle to get, um, you know, to move back in drafts, but also to get some future picks. Like, you know, I I think if I were really, really, I, I ended up investing in this year's draft because I may not pick all of those players. I may trade the picks. Um, I actually I may pick a couple though. I, I actually don't know. Uh with Simon, you traded back how many times, do you know? Oh seven. Seven or eight? And this wasn't even my plan. Are you People kidding? just kept offering
2: stuff. Seven? So look, I, I don't have my two two Gosh. Uh, I, I didn't have my second, third, or fourth, or fifth round picks. My eighth, eleventh, so that's five. And then I had some picks that I traded into the, uh, around other places that I traded. See, away so, to. so
0: what ended up happening? And I don't know if you know if you hear the common theme here. You have picked up that we all three of us ended up with a, like the picks we got for for trading back. They were all like in between rounds ten and fourteen, so we ended up having between depth, the three of us depth, depth. a ton of picks in those three rounds, and those are the depth rounds. And so I think you kind of saw that strategy with all of us. Like, okay, so we're gonna move right. back, we're gonna get some depth yeah, players, right, which exactly. in a twelve team league is really yeah, important. And, and
1: the the guys started, the guys in our league started noticing that. One of them said in the chat, they were like, uh, "They ransacked, ra- they ransacked <laughs> eleven through 14. And like we the did. the domain boys, I yeah. didn't even
2: realize it until he said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think at one point we were picking like one of the three of us was picking every other pick.
1: Or yeah. maybe even from, more than that. From rounds eleven to fourteen I got one, two, three, four, I think you had five, five, right? Six players. And I think I had six too. And you had six as well. So, that, so we, I mean that's twelve between the two of us plus Simon, had which three, had four. another four. Yeah, that's yeah, oh yeah. We God. we had we that's owned a, that's, almost that's half a, of the picks a round from and around a half. eleven to fourteen. That's a round and a half yeah. of us three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were getting solid guys from that. One of your guys being Davis Mills, and then obviously I got Pollard, Gabe Davis, Melvin Gordon, uh, guys like that. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so so Simon, you so as you said, you traded back like seven times. Um, yeah, it was there crazy. was you there. So there was a point, but you were trading back this for other other plan. startup yeah. picks and not futures. And so I I reached a point where I thought, did he trade back too much? Is yeah. it possible to do that? Too
1: much.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I started thinking the same thing. But it was one of the, this was an experimental draft for me. I, I've never done anything like this before, and and I. Honestly, I'm kind of tired of picking. I had the one eleven, so I was picking at the eleven spot, and I keep getting 11, 12, and all these drafts. And I'm honestly tired <laughs> yeah. of it. So yeah. In my You're mind, like, give
1: me a different position, please. First off, yeah. I had
2: the one eleven, right?
0: Joe Burrow somehow slipped to me. That is ridiculous. What a pick! I mean, yeah. obviously not the rushing upside of some of his yes. other quarterbacks, but wow. And um, so I loved that.
2: Moving forward. I didn't. I didn't really know what to do. I get to my two, two, and I. W- I was gonna take Kyle Pitts here, and someone else, yep. someone else offered me two or three picks, and I, and I loved the trade. I was like, man, I can't turn that down. Even it doesn't matter who they take. It was the first of many.
1: I. I think I ended up taking. You ended up getting Antonio Gibson and ETN. ETN those, and Kittle out of that. Or ETN and Kittle. Yeah, out of that. because so, you traded up for Gibson. I do I, remember yes. that. Yeah. That yeah. was the only trade where you traded up. Yes, everything else you traded down. And
2: so Etn and George Kittle for Kyle Pitts, and, and I, I still like that now, and as much as I love Kyle Pitts, but it, it just kept happening where it'd come to my pick, and players were offering me things, you know, uh, trades, and and I was like, I can't, I can't turn that down, and it got to a point where I realized, yeah, my team's not going to be good this year, but I have a lot of depth. I have a lot of young players, and and man, it was fun. It was really interesting.
1: Yeah, and in depth in a twelve-team league with um, with rosters of our size. Is incredibly vital. I, you can have so many good players that and, and have a top-heavy team, and then those guys start going down in the middle of the season. Uh, case in point, CMC, and your entire season is screwed. Yes. And for,
2: oh, oh boy,
1: there, there's pros and cons to doing what we did versus what other guys are doing in our league. But I'll tell you what, you can't go wrong with trading down and getting twice the amount of players. Oh, you
2: can go wrong. Let's you, know.
1: you can you can go wrong if you pick wrong, um, and you can go wrong if that player ends up like going to jail for the rest of their life or something. <laughs> yeah. Henry Ruggs. I just... But uh, I, ETN and Kittle for Kyle Pitts, uh, I don't think I would ever make that trade. Like, if it was a ETN and Kittle for Kyle Pitts, but also... When it comes to depth and startup, I, I don't think that was a bad move really at all.
0: A lot of people might differ. I like that one. I mean, if you type Etienne Kittle for Pitts in a trade calculator, you're winning that by you're a fair yeah. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and honestly, I love Kyle Pitts, and that was something that ooh, I hated to see him get taken there. But, you know, it kind of started this, and, and I'm going to have fun with this roster, and that's the thing about startups is you don't always have to go into a startup thinking I'm going to be a productive struggle and win in 3 years or I'm going to win right now. For this draft for me, I just kind of I wanted to have fun with it. So now I have a roster where I felt like as as I went further and deeper and later into the draft, I felt like I was picking players based on hmm this guy could be interesting. Let's let's just I'll take him. Why not?
0: Right. And, and you spent a, a, a lot
1: of that on picks. Actually, yeah. as, as, as it, it, it went on, you added a lot of seconds because I, I, I think you realized a couple yeah, first. the star power at the
0: top wasn't necessarily like overly present. So yeah. you, why not take the picks? I think I have like the 108, 9, and
2: eleven. Yeah, and then I have two or three early seconds. Yeah, and and I have a lot of players like I have nice. Jerry Judy, I have Rashad Bateman, I have Etn, I have Rondell Moore, Cole Clement. So, a lot late. of players, a lot of players that I feel like depending on how they play this year you know they could really just skyrocket in value and yes. all of a sudden my team could be very good but even if it's not i'm going to have fun with it and interesting strategy i'm not sure if i'll do it again but it it just goes to show you got you just got to pivot when you're when you're in a startup draft and so you can listen to guides and read this or watch this youtube video on here's how you start up draft but it really just comes down to your own ability to pivot on the spot
1: yeah yeah that's that's a great point point. and again like i i will say like kind of avery said i think you did go a little too far far with trading backs so yeah, often I think so which is you, you know i again this is just trying stuff out for fun but again that is such a vital aspect to dynasty that i think a lot of people miss is they become so set on players and so set on a plan going into things you know like oh let me take all these notes and oh this person and then this person and blah blah blah, blah. Just take what the board gives you. Like the the one league where I have six top receivers. Oh my. That yeah. that kind of just happened for me. I the first four I had the uh, You were on the bookend. The, I, I was yep. on the bookend and I was like, okay, uh J Jeff made it to me. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Um, on the way back around, okay, I'll take CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Tyreek Hill's still here. I'll take Tyreek. Uh, I don't um, know how. A.J. Brown's still here. I'll take A.J. Brown. And I had no quarterbacks. I had no running backs. And it ended up doing me okay because I you ended up... I made the up, playoffs. I, I made the playoffs and... Um, and you competed. I, your team wasn't I bad. Yeah, I also lost against you because I didn't start Zach Wilson on accident.
0: But it was that was that
1: I would have lost an, in the was championship. Andy. Sorry, not to you. Yeah, to Andy. Um, but I would have ended up losing in the championship anyway, so it was okay. But that that's just that I think is kind of forgotten. Everyone's like, oh i've got to fill i've got to even out the players that i'm drafting no, do not I, do i've that. got to get a running back because i don't have a running back yet no. i've got to get a receiver because i don't have a receiver don't. oh no justin herbert josh allen and mahomes are gone i've got to take lamar jackson next no. or Kyler murray no just just
0: take wait. the best
1: player available Take the best player take available the best value available. you hear that all the time
2: in the nfl draft right where there's a team that doesn't right. necessarily have a specific need. So unless you have a really dire need, I think now that, NFL that teams the NFL will is just say,
1: is a little yes, bit it's, different, it's different though because um, you can
2: sign a free agent.
1: Right, but also it, it, it O lineman, yes, and D linemen and different things like that. If you need an O lineman and need to protect your franchise quarterback, you need to do that. Yeah, draft Pennie But my point is,
2: you hear all the time take the best player available take because they have the best value and and in a dynasty fantasy football aspect it doesn't really matter no one else is going to see uh, you took a running back here you reached for this running back so that you could get a running back yeah what what happens when you need to when you need to trade them you could take right. someone outside of a running back and that's a better player and trade them into trade that them same running back for a little a bit more back in just like what right. Avery was doing we were right. talking about earlier with the 101 just because you need this position does not mean you have to take that you could take the player that's better and more valuable
0: instead of reaching and then trade them back for that same player i got yeah. no, i got no running backs i yeah. i literally had no running backs yep. but i know yep. if i want to get a running back i can get a you better running back than what i could have snap of a finger yes. because yep yeah it yeah. was I. I just I just knew I had to be patient and play the long game. And Simon, you did that to an extent. And the team you ended up with, like honestly, I don't hate it. No, no, it's, it's not it, No, horrible. it's not bad. No. And and so the what my
1: quarterbacks did f- you end up with?
0: Well, Joe Cool, uh, no. Joe Burrow, Joe and Mac, Mac Jones, Jones and, and James, James Winston. Winston just as that's throw in it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I think those are solid quarterbacks. So like the first thing I think when I look at your roster is okay, you don't have a ton of like right now fantasy stars. No, but no, I don't but any great you're, receivers. You're right. The the second thing I think of is guys like. ETN and Judy and Bateman and even Rondell Moore and yeah. Komet, You have a lot of guys that if they, of if they if yeah. they grow in value, you could be looking real good, yep. real even soon. Even as
1: even as far down as uh, snagging, I thought Rager and Marlon Mack were some nice snags that you got oh, yeah. way Curtis late Samuel. in round seventeen and eighteen. Even Curtis James Winston, even James Winston, even Jameis, yeah, yeah, famous Jameis. And obviously, so uh, because Rondell Moore, and then you got Mike Williams.
0: Because you traded back yeah. so much, you ended up with a very deep team. So. What you could do now with this strategy is you could use some of those depth players that some of these other players are going to be missing. Pair them gonna, up. And we're going to get, get it. Get a and, and you can get a top guy. Like, yes. and, and p- if people are desperate, like um, some of these other guys, I mean, might be, then you can use that to your They're advantage. They're going to be desperate. So, and then on the other end, we had someone in a league who only traded up. Who was it? I don't remember. Uh, the Kriegs. Was yeah, the, the Kriegs. Kriegs. All right. So looking at the Kriegs roster, he's got Jackson, Lamar Jackson, uh, CMC, Joe Mixon, DK, Stephon, uh, Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller, Leonard Fournette, uh, Russell Wilson, and Chuba Hubbard and, or Daryl Williams rounding up that start lineup. So obviously his f- whole starting lineup is bonkers until you get to the last flex spot and it's like, okay, who do you start there? Chuba. Not to mention, yeah, and not to mention he has three players on his bench and he has no picks.
1: Right. So he traded
0: right. up. He what well, he is? He has no depth. He has he has zero. He has the best starting lineup. He has no depth.
1: But again, that's who who knows? He could end up winning the championship Which because he traded might. a couple of assets to get some. Depth,
0: uh, this is a good
1: strategy because, too.
0: Yeah, because it, un, it unless, be. you, have injuries, unless you have a lot of injuries, unless you have a lot of injuries, risky. But he could easily win the league because his starting lineup is so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If star power
2: wins. Some years, I mean, this—that's what a lot of people have been saying recently in in dynasty. You just, or in fantasy football in in general, you got to have those stars to win. I think twenty twenty one was the year where it's, wow, the the depth wins because there were so many injuries and so many players out and from COVID. COVID, and, yeah. That that is a if you had the card. depth, and if if you just had those extra players to throw in, when you hear on Sunday morning that oh this player's out with COVID, you just got to be able to throw someone in. So, I mean. It, at some point you got to make a move to win but i I would never shame you for choosing depth right
0: no i i i, I like the and he might win roster. along the way i like his I, like i said he could easily if he if his team stays healthy he could kill us. Um, there's a couple guys that kind of had similar strategies to that. Uh, that was the one I just always saw him moving up, though. Oh, yeah. And that was like, oh, he's, he's man, got a he lot of scary. He had, team. he had quite a few fourth rounders and a couple thirds. And it's like, man. Um, so his, his team's scary. So And he could play the waiver wire and still be fine anyways. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to being a good GM. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we're still in the late rounds of this draft and almost in the 18th, 19th round here. So still going on. But we've got the bulk of our rosters, the meat of our rosters. Um, to kind of, uh, we kind of broke down how we, how we drafted. And so, like I said, our draft strategies were very different. So let's talk about like the pros and cons of some of the, like the, just the general outlines of our draft strategies. So productive struggle, um, obviously is punting year one. And uh, picking some younger developmental players and then maybe some players in the mid four or five rounds that um, have a real good chance or a higher chance to skyrocket in value because you think you're getting a low price. And then also using some of your, your trade backs to acquire future picks so that when you punt year one, you end up with the 2023 101 and the 201 and, and potentially more, like even seconds, if you're adding those into some of your trade backs. Uh, so I don't think any of us were a true productive struggle. Uh, no. Yeah. I was probably the closest because i have so many picks but the picks are for this year i didn't acquire any future i don't think any 2023 picks were traded in this draft
2: the one was was the, it the kriegs traded away one of his
1: yeah i remember that was it, it, was, it was a it crazy, was crazy trade it was a big trade. one was
0: it a first yes. it was his 2023
1: first. first what for dk it was and another
2: and another pick in this <laughs> i wish startup. you guys
1: could see every space right now
2: <laughs> oh i can't believe <laughs> he
0: traded it
1: yeah yeah
0: oh my I wish you could click on the pick on okay, the board. let's and put see that in, let's put that in the trade calculator. What what so it's next year's for 2023 first, right? So uh, let's yes. say let's say mid first. So yeah. And then who did the guy who did he get for it? Let me let me look here. It Was, it was DK, right?
1: Yeah, DK yeah, we roughly gotta check there the chat. was some was more stuff, far, that it, that that but was then, involved but then
0: he also got the guy he traded with also got another pick, right? Yes. Where did DK go? Uh, the four three. There he is. I think that guy got the. Uh, I don't know. I think that I think the guy that got that pick traded it away again. So that's it, why yeah, I can't right. find it. Yeah. Or maybe he got maybe he got the eight eight six along with it. So DK in the in a mid first aren't separated by actually that much. So then you're talking about a guy, so let's assume it was in the eighth round somewhere. Let's say it was, I don't know, Mike Evans, who got drafted in the eighth round. That trade is not close.
1: No, not at all. He way overpaid for DK in my...
0: Mike Evans was one of the more valuable ones. Let me try somebody else there. Um, Let's do Pat Fryermuth, who I got in the eighth. Still winning that trade by a lot. Okay, that I think yep. I think that's a pretty yep. high price. So he obviously Very was high really high on DK. He
1: loves he must love DK. Yeah. That's the first thing okay, I, I, I thought when this. I saw that trade was
2: Okay, what 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 pick he was, was it? I found DK. the trade. He got the 4, the 4-3. Four yep, yep.
0: For his 8th round pick, yep, and the 23 first. Yep. So that's what we were right. Yeah, that's pretty much everybody in that range that's I mean, he the guy who received that trade. That's a that high trade. price for DK. So I think DK could be a little bit of a buy low right now. He's wide receiver nine. He's obviously got a high ceiling. Um, I'm not buying him low, but I'm not blaming somebody else for doing that. So
1: yeah, again, I mean, he did fall far. He did fall far. Dynasty Nerds does say that that you know if you value a player and you think they're gonna do amazing, then it's okay to overpay for them a little bit. Um, Again, that's more for like developmental type players like the Elijah Moores. (laughs) Yeah, and can I just (laughs) say, DK is still so young. He's so young.
2: When we're talking about paying, I really liked... I know this is random, and this isn't really what we had on the schedule, but yesterday on the Dynasty Nerds podcast, go check it out. It's great. We all listen to it, all three of us. It's pretty good. But they were talking about trading picks for players, and I I found it really interesting when they were talking... Every time. If you're paying, if you're getting a good player, the one, you know, if you're only giving a first i don't know picker who are they who are they using as an example Uh,
1: deandre swift yeah so deandre swift was there was a trade scenario where he traded deandre Swift and he got three firsts and he he, basically their philosophy like you were saying is
2: you need the first first round pick to replace the player and the other two are what you're receiving to give them up yeah And, and yep and he was saying if you have one of those players that's Somewhere in the range of a top three startup pick, you should be expecting to be overpaid. Minimum, you're getting the player replaced by a first round pick yeah, or another player in that range. And you better be giving a convenience fee. <laughs> if he just dropped his phone on the table, uh, you be you better sure. be paying extra to get this player because there's no reason for that person, whoever owns that player, to give him up otherwise. Right. And I just thought that was interesting. Right. You know,
1: yeah, I mean, any time you're buying a player uh, of that caliber that, that, that's that high in dynasty value like a Swift, that is a win-now move. And a win-now move is you're trying to win the championship this year, next year, and maybe the year after that. Yeah, It is a short-term move, so you're giving up your short to term moves for the f- next three years yeah. in your draft pa- draft pick capital. And it, I, I do find it interesting because, again, I <clears throat> it, it was surprising to me when I first heard it. And I always am like, man, they really love to throw around picks a yeah. lot. But also, if, if everyone kind of shares that same opinion, then you have a really good chance of getting a lot of good draft picks as well when you're trading away players of that value. Um so it, it kind of Yeah, you know, it, and it's kind of how to do it at some point. It's like how an economy yeah.
0: works. and so yeah. Like I said, I was probably the closest to traditional production struggle, but I'm banking on this year's draft class because and the picks are so early, like but at the same time, it, there's a good possibility that I kind of rebuild around those picks and trade them away and get some younger assets that I like. And then even still punt this year to keep my first rounder next year, get somebody good in a better draft class, and then in two years I'm good. So so it'll be interesting. But uh, obviously, yeah. um, productive struggle is pretty popular. There weren't a ton of people actually that did it in this league. No, I mean and, – and So I actually ended up being in a good position to be the closest one to it. This is um, just a $20 –
2: league so it was $20 to play each year you you use your picks in so right. everyone paid $40 just to participate in this so it's it's really not even an expensive league so I was surprised more people didn't do productive struggle because you often see in the really expensive leagues the, the $500 leagues no one wants to do productive struggle they want to make their money back and and keep now. doing it right away because they want to win now and they, they want to bet their money that now they can keep winning
1: now and then pay for the next, yeah. I, for, I for the next 10 years yet. yeah um, yeah, yeah.
2: But, you know, I, I really enjoyed drafting with this this group of guys. There was a lot of cool strategies, and um, everyone was fair. Everyone was really relaxed. We had a few even accidental picks in this. I think a, a couple of oh, us yeah. did just <laughs> of us close and, and, so, bit, yeah. and everyone was really relaxed. It, super great group of guys. We have a great community. And um, we're actually planning on doing this more. So,
0: Avery, do you want to tell the listeners about that? Yeah, so um, we're going to do... At least, I think I think for this next coming year, we'll do at least three, and I think each of us will jump in one. Um, so we're gonna have some more um, leagues available and some more um, some more startups available, and we'll obviously you know send those out to our Twitter. So um, just make sure you keep an eye out for that, and you can jump in. Hopefully, get in a league with us. Uh, we actually have some guys in the league now that want in. If we have any other leagues, so yeah. that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I I think this league is gonna be really fun, and I'm really. Uh, looking forward to seeing how this all plays out and it'll be fun to listen back in a year and um, and and see how this all ended up so um, yeah
1: yeah I uh, so yeah that was that was a lot of fun to talk about yeah um, but I, I do to close um, I had one more thing that I wanted to uh, see what your guys's opinion was on and okay, the, go for it. the the topic is startup dynasty drafts obviously this episode and when it comes to the actual style of, of how you start up a dynasty league, what is, what is your go-to? What is your favorite? So there, there's three different types that I'm kind of thinking of. There's the one that we did, which is you're drafting this year's rookie class as kickers, AKA pickers. And then (laughs) I like um, it. And that's going to stick. So there, there is a veteran draft with those, uh, picks that are implemented into there for as the number 101, draft, 102, yep. 102 etc the second option is you wait until after the NFL draft and you have the rookies and the veterans all in the same draft that's probably the easiest simplest and most common that you probably see yeah and then the other option is you do a Draft with veterans only. You don't involve the picks, but you randomly assign rookie picks. Um, I in a hate separate that. rookie draft.
2: So I'll just interrupt you there and say I hate that. You I hate it because
1: of the value. No, of players because look in at the value rookie draft.
2: I think we were talking to a friend about this a while back, and he said, "No, you n- you never do that because in a startup draft, you're getting." The person at the 101 is getting that most valuable player, and then they're getting the 212. They're and, getting and those two even to three out. times the but value. And the person at the 12 is getting the, the 112 and the 21, so they're still evening out yeah. on the value. But
1: you let's can't say the person who gets... Draft. No, you can't snake you can't. a rookie
2: draft because it, the top is really it's valuable. So and heavy. then even by the end of the 112, you're like, it, it's half of that value. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it's not going to even out.
1: You're there, there's really two Trey Sermons oh, it's to one Trevor Lawrence. Yes.
2: Oh. Yeah. Oh no. I, I wouldn't
0: ever do it that way.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we can, <laughs> I guess, X that off.
0: That's just yeah, one that the I've. First, heard the first of. two are all right. Obviously, th- I think this is one of the only ones I've done like this, and um, I like it. I like it because I like the flexibility that comes with the I picks. Do too. So. Um, we have another. We actually have an, we have another one that we're gonna do the other way probably. Um, so it'll be after the NFL draft, it will be interesting to see yeah, how that I think one that, goes.
1: Yeah, and here's the fun with that one. They're one of the classic examples that I've heard of trading up and trading down um, in that type of league where it's just all rookies and all veterans together. Is uh, one of the major things that happened last year was people were trading up slash trading down to get Jalen Rager. In place of Justin Jefferson, because last year they were being, or two years ago, they were being drafted. Did you hear? Like what, did you hear back what? to back, and people were pretty much divided on Rager and Jefferson, and that's that's just the type of thing that I love to see because you know if, if last year we had done a draft like that where it was rookies and veterans together, then we would have seen people trading up or trading down to get like the Trey sermon in place of the Elijah Moore, the Rondell Moore, the uh, Pat Fryermuth and things like well, that. So that's the just same fun thing, to see.
2: People did the same thing with jonathan taylor and clyde edwards helaire
0: yeah right? i know and, and yeah
1: yeah and, and even just t- draft
0: taylor like what <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: and i think uh, that to an extent makes it a little bit more exciting than like the sort of value confusion when it comes to drafting picks in in like how we did it uh that's that's i guess the only counter i would have to doing the other way
0: did you hear what justin jefferson said about jalen rager it's oh, re- it's no. really funny. Oh, I'm scared. He he like he said he like felt bad for Jalen Rager. He's like I feel bad for the guy because he's always got to be compared to me. Oh my oh. gosh,
2: that's like <laughs> that's hilarious. You almost i almost like that's kind of like backhanded sympathy. I, I I know I was I was feeling the same yeah, way where he rough. he probably genuinely means he feels bad for the guy because he has to be compared to himself and he's not trying to be prideful but at the same time he's completely I also, right
0: i also saw a video today where justin jefferson ranked himself in the top five nfl wide receivers of all time i think he was kind of joking but it still was interesting like yeah he did you got to respect it though he's confident oh yeah the confidence guys i mean they typically tend to do pretty well so fine line between confidence and arrogance yeah yeah all, all right we'll see so um we are recording this before super bowl sunday so obviously this sunday we've got Bengals and the rams what do you guys think predictions because uh, this will probably be posted after so. Everyone let's see if we're right
1: everyone thinks in their head that the Rams are gonna win and that the Rams should win. Everyone's heart and gut says the Bengals because cool Joe. That's and exactly what I, I, I am, yeah. Joe, I can't cool. I cannot vote against the Bengals. I want both teams to win. I yeah. like both teams. I will be surprised when the Bengals win, but I will also be shocked if they lose.
0: Yeah, I think I'm taking the Bengals by a by field goal, by shooter.
2: shooter. Uh,
1: McPherson. I, I,
2: okay, let, let's put this in perspective. In, in 2019, the Bengals had the 101, and they took Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. And then the next, last year they had the 105. Yeah. And now they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. To sum that up, they're still a bad, like, Dude, you're obviously over, just make in a the gut Super pick. Bowl. Just make a gut pick
0: like we did. I don't overanalyze yeah. it I, I know There's I, not okay. a bad They I literally just showed they're up they're, they're, in the su- they're in the Super Bowl You can't, can't say like Oh KC, I know they're, uh, yes. you, you just tried to it. like
2: Analyze us out of the Decision okay. I, I'm just I, I'm walking Into this Description Because I'm saying just, I would love The Bengals to win But oh, I think gosh. At the end of the day They could be exposed For the team That picked at the 105 Last year They're not that deep Of a team if They're very heavy With star But they're in the Super Bowl If
1: anyone is to Finally
2: It'll be the Bengals, it, yes.
1: It, well, the Rams and their D-line, if, oh, if yeah. anyone is going to... Really, oh, man. really that show how horrible that oh, since the man. offensive line is. It yes. will be Aaron Donald well, and Von Miller. I'm terrified for that offensive
0: line. Joe that Burrow is, and that's the Titans. That's one worry. And Burrow's not. I mean, right. he's not running a whole lot.
1: I mean, no. Burrow got sacked nine times. Nine, nine times. Nine times. It's so reminiscent of Andrew Luck. They better get themselves some. Yeah. O-line fair fair warning, you year.
0: Bengals fans, you better plead with that GM to get some freaking offensive line. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: Burrow will not wow. last as long as Andrew Luck did.
0: So so what's your gut be pick? Lucky if he does.
2: My my gut pick's the Rams. I would love for the Bengals to win. Why are you I'm rooting for it. It's so
1: funny. My gut pick is the opposite. My gut pick is the Bengals. Everything yeah, in my 10. head says the Rams. The Rams, the Rams, the Rams. That's the smart pick. That's the obvious pick. They have Sean McVay. Matt Stafford has played pretty pretty, well. pretty okay. Yeah. Cooper Cup, obviously yeah. is Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. They've the got, only they've person got who can show Jaylen, up Aaron Donald Ramsey, is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they they've got yeah. they've got a complete team. They have a complete team. And again, I every time I've thought the Bengals are going to lose they've just showed time and time again we're yeah, right. right. We're going to bore people because
0: they'll be listening to this after the Super Bowl and they'll just be like well this yeah, is irrelevant because they were wrong yeah, so we need right. to stop yeah. okay Super Bowl Sunday's coming up next week we are going to talk about things we learned we're going to review the whole season so the whole 2021-2022 NFL season talk about things we learned from a fantasy uh, dynasty perspective talk about uh, things we like things we didn't like we're going to just kind of wrap up the year with a with a conclusion episode uh, before be we before we get back to some of a, more of our off-season strategy uh, episodes so uh thanks for listening thanks for tuning in we're going to be back next week like i said uh thanks for tuning in to dynasty domain